Hey friends, I remember when I started in ministry, I used to think that the summertime would be a time that I could invest a little bit of extra effort into those projects that maybe were a little bit farther down the road that were kind of helping us get ready for the future. Something like finding, supporting, and developing the next generation of church leaders for our team. But you know what? Sunday is still coming every single week, all summer long. People are taking vacations. Uh, We just don't have the time. You don't have the time to run your day-to-day ministry while at the same time chasing the leads and resumes, onboarding, and then trying to build build a developmental pipeline for Gen Z. This is where my friends over at Leadership Pathway come in. Even this summer, they would love to talk to you. They have experience in all of this stuff and more and collectively have interviewed thousands and thousands of church leaders, literally, who are trying to take their next step in ministry. They will help you launch a leadership residency custom fit to your organization. It's it's amazing. They've talked to and worked with dozens and dozens of organizations. They've done this repeatedly. They have a proven process. So what I want you to do is to hit up their website at leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary. There's an interesting article there that you could grab to learn more. Listen, this summer, you could jump on the conversation with them at leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary. You could learn more, but actually step it up from there, talk with them, start working on your residency. We all need to figure out how to get more Gen Z leaders involved. Leadership Pathway's done that. Again, that's leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you Today, we're also going to bring you someone who I know you're going to be encouraged with. You've got my friend, Brian Dodd. He is the director of new ministry relationships at Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. He runs an incredible blog called Brian Dodd on Leadership, uh, where he really provides lots of great uh, information and help over the years. He's a couple times has pointed people to uh, resources on on, on seminary. Listen, friends, this is why I want you to, to lean in. Brian, I think, is a professional encourager. He is so good at getting in the corner of church leaders, uh, particularly, and and wants to help push your ministry forward. So uh, I'm excited to have you on the show today, Brian. Hey, great to be here, Rich. It's my second time, so I, I am honored to be back. Uh, you've been a friend for years, and uh, hey, man, thrilled to thrilled to spend some time with you and invest in your audience a little bit. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, you? Just about you, fill out your story a little bit. Kind of give us your your background. Fill out what I didn't I didn't say much there, but kind of tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, so I mean, you, you said it well. Uh, I'm Brian Dodd. My daytime <laughs> job is director of new ministry partnerships at Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, and what I do there is I help pastors and church leaders think through what's necessary to fully fund their mission and vision. So when you talked about being a professional encourager, um, hey, we'll give all the credit to God for that. You know, we (laughs) we all drift into states of carnality from time to time, if you want to use that (laughs) phrase. But uh, but yeah, my job is to is to talk with pastors and church leaders and 
listen to their story and uncover things that we then can discuss based upon those findings. Hey, here's what's possible. So I do that all day and uh, thrilled to do that. This is my 20th anniversary doing that. Oh, by the congratulations. Way. Congratulations. Yeah, so passing them I'm off. not sure how such a young man has been there for 20 years. I don't it, know how it, that exactly. worked out. But. <laughs> I started, you know, in grade school, you know, as an intern. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I yes. Started in the mail room as an intern. So yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, nice. Yeah. And nighttime. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you, Rich, you know, mm-hmm. I produce helpful content for leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mainly it's, it's primary to Christian leaders, but I right. deliver it in a way that it helps the athletic and education communities and the business community as well. And other nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, out of that, once again, kind of like you, it's mm-hmm. grown into podcasts, books, things of that nature. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, you and I are in the same space on a, on somewhat mm-hmm. of a similar journey, not exactly the mm-hmm. same, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, God's kind of set us aside, to, uh, you know, help his bride and resource his bride and let, let, you know, let the church be everything God intended it to be. So. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, we, we are, uh, old school, you know, bloggers, like, you know, back when that was like a thing, you know, we both been doing this for, you know, back when, you know, people used to, it used to be cool to be a blogger. Uh, so, and we just never gave up. That's, I always joke like, yeah, I just never stopped writing. I just kept going. So which is funny. Yeah, we were blogging when it wasn't cool, when it was cool, and now when it's not cool again. So yeah. we've kind of we, <laughs> that's we, great. We've uh, we've we've lasted the whole journey. So nice. Well, you talk to church leaders all day long, like you said in your day job, and so the reason why I wanted to get you on uh, was to take advantage of that—the fact that you're engaging with church leaders a lot—to kind of get a sense of where the church is at to kind of hear what's what's top of mind with leaders these days. What are the things as you're engaging with uh, that you just see uh, either explicitly or implicitly in the conversations that you seem to be engaging with uh, on a regular basis with church leaders? Yeah, I want to point out two things that are that are, that I think are unique. Um, mm-hmm. You know that 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 would make your listeners go, okay, that's a that's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing is when you talk to church leaders mm-hmm. and you're talking to Christian alpha male and alpha females, okay, mm-hmm. um, you would think that there's a level of bravado and a, a level of gravitas and ego mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. I find that to be unbelievably rare. Mm-hmm. You, you know, one That's of the questions true. I always uh, talk to people or when I talk to leaders and I'll say, look, Give or take what stat you're reading this week, let's just say on average, 84 to 85% of churches are plateaued or declining. Mm-hmm. And as you like to point out, that still doesn't fact in, factor in the compared to the growth of the city. But yes, let's just yeah, say yeah. 84, 85% are plateaued or declining. Mm-hmm. You're one of the 15%. Right. Obviously, right. it's the goodness of God. But what are you doing that's causing that 15%? Mm, or that makes you oh, one of the fifteen percent. Yeah, Rich. The most common answer I get is, you know, Brian. We obviously try to, you know, serve our community. We obviously try to meet needs. We obviously try to put on great Sunday services that are relevant and speak to the needs of people. And we try to have in great systems in place and drive people mm-hmm. to groups. You know, we do all the things that you hear you're supposed to do. He goes, Brian, but the bottom line is we were talking about it in staff meeting this week. We have no idea where these people are coming from. Right. And right. we're just trying everything grace. we can do not to mess it up. 
Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the number one characteristic I see in pastors of growing churches mm-hmm. is unbelievable humility. Mm, that's so are, true. And they are privileged to be part of what God's doing mm-hmm. and, and realize that, you know, they're like a surfer riding a surfboard. They didn't cause the wave. They didn't build the surfboard. Mm-hmm. They're they're just trying to steward the surfboard and the wave well, <laughs> and you know so yeah, that's, that's good. That humility is number one attractive in leaders to begin with, mm-hmm. but I think a humble leader is your number one asset other than the Holy Spirit to be an accelerant for growth of your church. Mm. Oh, that's so good, and that I love that you pointed that out like that. Uh, is true in so many leaders that I've run into over the years, and I would say particularly you're tr- it's you're right. Like uh, in, I've had the honor, the privilege it would be like you to interact with leaders at some of the largest and fastest growing churches in the country, and uh, the vast majority are in, do hold what they do uh, very lightly in the sense of that's not that they don't steward it, but they 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 don't take credit for it when it's all said and done. They're like wow, I'm honored that I get to sit in the seat that I'm in. I get to do what I get to do. Um, but man, this is really because of God and because of what he's He's up to. That's that's a. I love that you're pointing that out because I, I think the assumption could be, like you say, like, you know, being a driven leader or being, um, you know, kind of making it all about yourself. Yeah. Uh, could be the, you know, the the assumed norm of what it, what it could look like to, to lead a, a growing church. Yeah, I think the first person you know, that ever talked about this on what I would call a national level was probably Jim Collins in Built to Last when he talked mm-hmm. about the myth of the of the larger than life leader. Yes. But the the reality is I've see I, I see that every day. I see that played right. out every day. And the thing about it, Rich, there are three components to spiritual leadership. There's God, mm-hmm. the assignment, and a person. Mm-hmm. And God determines the assignment things Mm. he wants to get done at this particular point in time in human history. Mm -hmm. And he's, and then he gives a person the privilege of being part of that assignment. Yes. In other words, God's going to get done whatever God wants to get done, Mm -hmm. but he invites us into that process. And so, you know, the lasting leaders, the ones that make the most impact, um, Mm -hmm. that they realize that, you know, in all honesty, God could have picked anybody for this assignment. I just yeah, want absolutely. Steward, I just want to steward it well while it was given to me. So I, I want to come back to the uh, that idea and come back to this idea around what can we do to develop our piece of the puzzle, who we are. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But yeah. before we get there, this is an example. I literally was just in this conversation with a friend this week that's from the marketplace that illustrates exactly what you're talking about. Uh, in one organization that's been led by two very different leaders, uh, which is Apple Computer, a famously, you know, you know, Steve Jobs, famously gregaric, uh, famously, um, you know, you, you, driven and... Um, you know, maybe a bit problematic in how he interacted with other folks. Now that was used in the market. It clearly, you know, made a huge difference. But if you look at the value of Apple today, 
it dwarfs where it was under Steve Jobs, under their current leader, Tim Cook, who is exactly the kind of leader you're talking about, who is, uh, you know, much more of a team player, much more, not that he's not, you know, doesn't have opinions, not that he doesn't, you know, uh, he's not, not that he's not sharp, but he is a much more, hey, let's do this together. Let's figure out how to build a great organization. I don't need to make this all about me. I don't need people to cheer for me every time I step out of the building. Um, and you can literally see it. If you look up, you know, just the value of Apple computer, there is an inflection, there's a number of inflection points, but actually the most significant inflection point over the years is actually when Tim Cook took over uh, as the CEO over these last years, which which doesn't play as well in the, in the leadership, uh, you know, kind of whatever you call that, uh, you know, the sphere of communicators that love to talk about it because they li- like a guy like Steve Jobs because he's so flashy. Uh, but actually, Tim Cook I- is doing an incredible job. That's that's amazing. Well, let's talk about the development piece. So uh, I love that. God, the assignment, and the person. When we think about the person side of it, we think about us, and you think about our own development, what we should be doing to grow as leaders. Uh, what what are some of those things we should be thinking about as as we lead, as we uh, try to develop who we are, as we lead in the context that we're in? Yeah, definitely. You know, I want to say one other thing, and then I'm mm-hmm. going to answer that question about God and assignment and the person. Mm-hmm. God uses the assignment to mold the person to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So for us long time church, for us long time church people. Uh, we would say, hey, the assignment is part of the sanctification process. Mm, you know, yes. it chips away at you, it molds, it shapes you, it humbles you, it does all those things. Yeah. But in terms of, I, you know, when I look at, when I talk to leaders and I coach leaders and I say, okay, look, we're going mm-hmm. to talk about personal coaching. I want to zero in on three areas. Okay. Character, competence, and creativity. Okay. Interesting. A a different set of three. I was going to say that's a different set of three. That's a different set of three. Most people do character, competence, and chemistry. And I get that. And you you do want chemistry. And I think you could, you'd have to shoehorn it in, but people skills and emotional intelligence and EQ and all that, you could shoehorn that into character if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but character, yeah. You know, the second book I wrote, was a book mm-hmm. called Timeless. Mm-hmm. And what Timeless was is I studied 180 what I call apex leaders and organizations. Mm-hmm. The best pastors, the best coaches, the best athletes, the best businesses, you know, all of those type of things. Mm-hmm. And I identified 302 traits they had. I narrowed it down to the top <laughs> 10, the 10 sure. most common threads. So that's the 10 enduring practices. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do a project like that, there are some things that you're going to assume are the, are the, are the 10. You know, you're going to assume teamwork and hard decisions and perseverance. Mm-hmm. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to assume those things. Mm-hmm. And they were in there. I assumed mm-hmm. character would be in there. Mm-hmm. Character did not make the top 10. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it came around, you know, around 15-ish. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. And here's what the study told me. You don't need character to get to the top but mm. you need character to stay at the top. Mm, that's so true. And so, so go ahead. Yeah. I, I'd love to talk about that. So I, I, we, unfortunately, we don't have to think long and hard uh, to find examples of leaders 
who have either their, you know, their creativity and their competence has got them into the room or got them to the place they're at. And then their character erodes, uh, and they, and it extinguishes them. It's not like, Whoa, who do we have to think of that? We've got too many examples of that, particularly in the Christian world and in the church world. But what should we be thinking about on the development of character side? How, yeah. how, how do we actually develop that? How do we, how do we, you know, stretch that muscle? Great, great question. And Rich, you talked about my encouragement at the very beginning. So we're not going to single people out. We all know. We all know. And look, we've seen people fall in in ministry, in entertainment, mm-hmm. politics, you name it. I mean, every mm-hmm. walk of life that they've mm-hmm. had that. Um, mm-hmm. Here's what I think happens. And then I'm going to talk about what to do with this information. Okay. There are two things that a leader must develop leadership skills and leader skills. And those Mm. are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. Leadership skills is developing the skills, talents, and abilities to accomplish a task or assignment given to you by God. It's what Mm. most people think of, Rich. It's the reading the books, listening to your podcast, reading on Mm -hmm. Mm seminary.com, going to conferences. You know, it's the development of the skills, coaching Mm -hmm. networks, you know, all of that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Leader development is not developing the skills, talents, and abilities to accomplish a, a task or assignment given to you by God. It's becoming the man or woman who can mm-hmm. accomplish a task or assignment given to you by God. Mm-hmm. This is the development of character. And the mm-hmm. number one thing that I talk to leaders about, and I'll tell them, I'll say, look, genius is making the complicated simple, not the simple complicated. Mm-hmm. Do you start the first 30 to 60 minutes of every day? in a quiet time with God, Mm. Bible study and prayer. Mm -hmm. When you set God as you, when you, when you systematize Mm -hmm. the setting of God as the primary resource of everything in your life and leadership, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. have just solved 90 to 95% of the character issues you're ever going to face. Right. And so many times when I talk to leaders, Mm -hmm. uh, no, they don't do that. You know, they'll right. wake up, they'll get their coffee, they'll do this, they'll, they'll check their phones first yes. thing. I, you mm-hmm. know, and look, I'm guilty of that as well. You know, mm-hmm. the teacher mm-hmm. is the number one student. I'm as guilty as that as, as anybody. Mm-hmm. But yes, the, the setting aside of a as simple as it sounds, mm-hmm. Bible study and quiet time is, is so critical to the development of character. And here's the thing, Rich. Yep. There's been some high profile people that have had issues and I don't Mm -hmm. need to name them and neither do you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when somebody says to me, Brian, are you surprised? So-and-so had that problem. Mm -hmm. I may or may not be taken off guard, Mm -hmm. but all leaders rich, if they're not careful, can spend so much time on developing their leadership skills that right. their leadership skills will outpace their leader skills and yep. then their skills, talents, and abilities will take them to a place their character can't sustain them. Right. And to right. be perfectly honest, I'm as susceptible to that as anybody. You know, we're all one decision away from stupid as the saying yes. goes. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. So I don't think negative about, I just very pragmatically know that this is a process that probably happened. Yeah. And how do you, how do you coach a leader? So I think one of the occupational hazards of being in the church is our content is so connected to our spiritual development. So we, um, you know, we're, 
we need to be in God's word. We need to be leaning in and uh, drinking from that well for our own spiritual development. Uh, but we all know that the there's a difference between that and making the making of messages, the leading of team meetings, all of those things where we're also engaging in scripture. How how do you separate those two? How do you ensure that in your own life, how have you found, you know, the ability to, hey, I'm I'm in I'm in God's word today and this is about, hey, Lord, what do you have for me today? Not like I need to come up with a great talk for, you know, this this church I'm gonna talk to next week. Rich, I, I, I want to challenge that thought process. Okay, good. Challenge me. <laughs> well, I've heard everybody say that, that your personal devotion time should be completely separated from, quote unquote, the job of pastoring. Sure. Okay. And we've all heard that. Yep. Why? Why do we mm. have to live a bifurcated life? Why mm. can't Sunday be an overflow of what God's doing in our life throughout the entire week? Mm, that's good. That's good. Uh, that, that's just a question I want to ask. You mm-hmm. know, um, there, there's definitely room for disagreement on that. And people have been very successful doing it both ways. Okay. Yep. But just, well, a, there's, yeah, there is no, there's for sure, you know, what you don't want is, hey, you're getting up and talking about things that, uh, I think the saying is you want to, you know, smoke your own stack. Like, you know, right. you want to, whatever you've got, you know, you're eat your own dog food, whatever the, the, the phrase is, uh, listen, I don't want to get up and have something that's so disconnected from my own personal life that, because that's dangerous as well, right? There's a, there's a danger on the other end of that spectrum too. That mm-hmm. is a very good point. I appreciate you pushing on that. Well, you know, if I'm setting up an annual preaching calendar, okay, yep. let's say I'm setting up an annual preaching calendar. And it's going to be built around our core values as a church. And then here's mm-hmm. what we want to see God do in the hearts and lives of our people through the next mm-hmm. 12 months. And mm-hmm. obviously all pastors know if something pops up like a pandemic or something like that, uh, <laughs> we, we, there's margin to change. Okay. Yep. Yep. But at that same time, I, I am kind of like, just like you pick a word for the year, which is now a very mm-hmm. popular thing to do. Yes. <laughs> why can't you say, okay, God, that's the journey you've got me going on as well. The right. shepherd and the sheep are going on the same journey this next 12 months. Yeah, yeah and that's good. That, that, and, and I think that can really help relieve a lot of quote unquote pressure that someone may be mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. that you have to have an unbifurcated spiritual experience as a pastor or church leader. Right. Okay. That's good. Let's talk about creativity. Why, why do you list that in the three? Why is that, you know, the kind of thing that we should be thinking about what, and what do you mean by when you say creativity and why is that so important for leaders today? Okay. So I, I am the classic meat and potatoes guy, you know, I just wear blue, brown, red, you know, (laughs) staple colors I've sure. had the same hairstyle, just thinner since the late seventies. <laughs> I've been married to the same woman for thirty-one years Love until it. we just. My daughter just got out of college, and we had money freed up. Both my cars were over two hundred thousand miles. Yep. I mean, I'm a very <laughs> stable slash boring individual. Yes. Okay? <laughs> All right. So this is coming from that type of mind. Most people think of creativity as hazers, light shows, skinny jeans, low V-necks, and scarves. <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> and that is not creativity, that is style. You right, cannot right. have creativity without creation. Mm. So whoever your top producers are in your church, 
that's your most creative people because they are creating the most. Mm. So for instance, I'm going to take an extreme example. Yep. The 70 year old second grade Sunday school teacher who somehow (laughs) has this generation of people that came through her class and are now missionaries and pastors. Yes. I can make the argument. She's the most creative person in your church. Yes. Love it. Okay. So creativity is directly tied to creation. Who Mm -hmm. are, you know, are as a leader, are you producing? And Mm -hmm. I'll also, uh, I'll also go, you know, talk about this. Creativity is directly tied to solutions Mm -hmm. as a leader and creativity is not quote unquote working outside the box creativity Mm -hmm. is leveraging resources in a new and different way to produce results within the box that nobody's ever done before. Right. Right. And like Craig Rochelle and the invention of the, of the U version Bible app. And you've, you've had them on your podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Mm -hmm. creativity, Mm -hmm. you know, comes from, does not come from abundance. Uh, Creativity comes from, a lack of abundance. Yeah. Restriction for sure. If you have abundance, you're just going to pay for it. Right. Scarcity causes you to figure things out. Yeah, that's so true. And here's the thing as a leader, when I walk into a meeting that's already in progress Mm -hmm. and they're trying to solve a problem and I walk in, Mm -hmm. one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to go, Oh, Brian, great. You're here. We're bouncing around this idea. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Or either the room's going to shut down <laughs> and creativity goes out the window. Yeah. Collaboration ceases. All of that, all of that open communication stops because mm-hmm. I lead in a domineering way that stifles creativity and does not produce solutions or either I lead in a way that does. So yeah, mm. I talk to leaders about, Walk me through the issues that you're facing and how you're going mm-hmm. about solving those problems. That's mm-hmm. how I classify creativity. Yeah, I love that. That's actually at the core of the reason why I started the podcast all those years ago was I really do think that a, a huge part of solving problems in the church of, you know, and this is like in my own church as I'm leading in the things I'm leading in is like finding those ideas in other churches that are maybe not directly applicable, but are like two steps removed. And then saying, you know, what if we tried a little bit of what those guys were doing over here and kind of added that to our thing? I wonder what that would do, you know, and then trying it and then being like, hey, we maybe maybe we'll see what difference that could make. I really do think that's the value of conversations like this because it's, you know, you you chew over it with other leaders, you learn, you get a chance to try, see, hmm, what is this, what does this look like? How do we uh, how do we move from here? Love that, love that. Well, I know you've got a, a brand new book uh, that's just come out or is coming out. I'd love to hear a little bit about it. It's called 2021, The Year of Leadership, The Stories of Faith, Athletics, uh, business and life, which inspired us. I'd love to hear inspired us all. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Tell us about why, why this book, what did you, why did you pull this one together? Yeah. Uh, number one, it was a, always a dream of mine to, to write this book mm-hmm. and I'll, I can unpack that in a little bit, but for the reader, you know, when you look at leadership in the world today, Rich, and mm-hmm. you look at mm-hmm. it like on a top level, mm-hmm. there seems to be a real deficit in leadership right now. 
you know, John Maxwell even famously said all throughout 2020 that he was leadership sad. You know, mm. at that top level, there just was such a deficit of basic mm-hmm. fundamental leadership skills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Rich, if you if if you look at everyday life and what's mm-hmm. happening in local churches and what's happening mm-hmm. at local ball fields and in local businesses and things of that nature, there's extraordinary leadership going on right now. Mm, so mm, I wanted to take a, I wanted to create a forum that a lot of those stories could be told. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wrote the book um, mm-hmm. so that you could just see on a day in day out basis throughout an entire 365 day year, Love there was it. extraordinary leadership last year. Leadership that, as I said in the title, it is inspiring. And if I'm mm-hmm. an executive pastor or church leader, here's how I use the book. Mm-hmm. Number one, there's leadership lessons on every single page. Mm-hmm. Now, I self-published this book, and we can talk about that in a second. But there's leadership lessons on every single page. Mm-hmm. So there's no fluff. Every page matters. <laughs> every page you can use to say, okay, I got something now. I can go train my team. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. There's over 80 illustrations that you could use in sermons. Hmm. Uh, you know, if you're leading a team meeting and say, okay, I need an opener, this book is for you. Okay. Right. And Love so it. it's just a great tool and resource to help pastors and church leaders with their individual growth and development. But mm-hmm. also, hey, this is a tool that helps me lead my people well. So Love that's it. that's the macro reason that the book was written. Love it. Uh, yeah, I, I think when I was checking this out, the thing that struck me was exactly what you said there. This could be a great tool, even for to give to my team, like who are leading people. You know, if I'm executive pastor at a church today and I've got, you know, 10 staff who, you know, report to me or whatever, this could be a great book to give to all 10 of them and say, hey, I know you're looking for stuff for your huddles. You're looking for stuff as you're engaging, you know, people. Uh, this could be a great resource. Uh, so I'm glad you said that because that was actually the thing I was like, ooh, this could be a great. Uh, kind of a great tool on that front. Anything that as you were pulling this together, I'm sure, but you know, you're talking about inspiration, you're talking about insp- inspirational leadership in a lot of different spheres. Uh, was there a story or two that kind of bubbled to the surface that were like, wow, this was uh, particularly inspi- inspiring or, you know, shocking, surprising, kind of m- made you kind of lean in as you thought about it? Well, okay. This is, uh, this is a personal favorite of mine. Yes. Okay. So this yep. is this is this takes up like three pages in the book. So <laughs> so if you're an executive pastor coaching a small group pastor, mm-hmm. or you're a small group pastor, or you're a pastor teaching on the value of community, mm-hmm. th- these three pages are for you in the book. Okay. In early July, there's a town called Nome, Alaska. Mm-hmm. You're from Canada. This is Nome, Alaska. <laughs> Population yes. three thousand eight hundred and sixty-six. Okay. Nome, Alaska is so remote. It's at the Seward Peninsula of the Bering Sea. Mm -hmm. This city does not even show up on the Alaskan roadway system. Okay. It's a 90-minute flight from Fairbanks, Alaska into wilderness. Right. Wow. In early July, there was a guy named Richard Jesse. If you go to Nome, Alaska, and then go 40 miles deeper into the wilderness, (laughs) this is where Richard Jesse was. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So what happened with Richard uh, was he was out there one day and he was driving his ATV across Mm -hmm. a a river. 
-hmm. and he was ambushed by a grizzly bear. Mm -hmm. So he's attacked by the grizzly bear. The ATV sinks to the bottom of, of the, uh, of the lake. His Mm -hmm. cell phone sinks to the bottom of the lake and it's him and the grizzly bear 40 miles from a town that's so remote, it does not show up on a roadway system. Okay. Okay. You have set up the tension. I'm leaning in. I know. (laughs) So for three days with just a gun, he holds this bear off. Wow. Fortunately for him, low cloud cover comes over Nome, Alaska. So um, a a helicopter crew, a Coast Guard, then has to divert around the low cr- cloud cover to get where they're going. And mm-hmm. they discovered that he had made an SOS signal and they, and they, and they lowered the helicopter and rescued him. Wow. So wow. hopefully Richard has already signed the book and movie deals and got Leo, Leonardo yes. DiCaprio to blame. <laughs> yes. But, but you listen to that story and I think there's mm-hmm. three big lessons that come from that story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one, Rich, human beings were not designed to be alone. Mm, we mm. were designed to be part of community. Mm-hmm. And what what we learned from Richard Jesse is when we're alone and we're disconnected, we are open to all kinds of attacks. Mm. Spiritual That's attacks, good. emotional attacks, psychological attacks, physical attacks. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we learned from Richard is that when we're in community or when we're not mm-hmm. in community, no one's there to watch our back. Right. No one's there right. to take care of us. So that's the first thing we learn. Mm-hmm. Second mm-hmm. thing we learn is when crisis and calamity come into our life, mm-hmm. embrace the gift of the brevity of language mm. and economy okay. of words. The three letters SOS communicates mm. a great deal. Right, right. Love it. I love the movie Sully. If you go back and watch the movie Sully, as -hmm. soon as the Canadian geese, we're going to blame it on y'all, Rich, when the Canadian (laughs) geese hit the airplane, okay? Yep. Notice the language that takes place between the co Tom uh, Tom Mm -hmm. Hanks and the co pilot. Mm -hmm. It's very crisp, very sharp. Your plane, my plane. He goes to the checklist and the stewardesses, or excuse me, the flight attendants, Begin to tell mm-hmm. the begin to tell the passengers, head down, stay down, head down, right. stay down. So yes. when there's yeah, crisis, yeah, yeah, yeah. a brevity That's of so language is your friend. We don't mm-hmm. need people waxing eloquently during times of crisis. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And the third thing is, don't quit. Mm. You know, there's going to be people on that staff and in that church that today may be the day they quit. Right. They may quit the ministry. They may quit their marriage. Sadly, mm. some of them may be considering suicide and quitting life. Mm. Mm. Um, another Tom Hanks movie, Castaway, there's that great scene when he's back in Memphis and mm-hmm. he's telling his friend about the experience. And mm-hmm. he said, I just kept breathing. I just stayed alive. And then one day the tide brought a sail in. You never mm. know what the tide's going to bring in. Mm, so good. Richard Love Jesse it. would agree with that. Yes. He kept staying alive. He kept fighting. He kept doing everything he could to hold the bear off because yep. you never know what low cloud cover could bring in. Love it. And, and today may be the day somebody on your staff or in your church 
today may be the day that God brings in low, low cloud cover and they're going to be rescued. So right. this is an example of how the book can be utilized, that mm-hmm. it takes stories like this, Richard Jesse, mm-hmm. an incredible mm-hmm. demonstration of self-leadership, takes yep. stories just like that and how you can use them in a church context to really uh, equip and motivate and inspire the people of your church and your staff. See, see, friends, as you're listening in, this is why you should be following Brian. He he does this stuff all day long, pulling out incredible leadership lessons from uh, the realms of entertainment, from sports, all different areas. I find it so helpful, so engaging, uh, and so helpful. So uh, yeah, I would love for you to pick up a copy of his book. I, Friends, let me be completely honest. So there are times where people want to uh, bring, come on and talk about their book. And most of those people I turned down, uh, not only was I happy to have Brian on to talk about this book, but I also bought the book myself, like with my own money. I didn't say, hey, send me a free copy uh, because I really, I, I, I just believe in Brian, believe what he's doing. And I think this is a great resource. So uh, I'd love for you to pick that up. I'm, sh- we could pick this up at Amazon. Uh, is there anywhere else we want to pick it up? Where should we be sending people who want to pick up a copy yeah, of the book? Yeah, you're right, Rich. Amazon and Barnes and noble. And, yep. you know, for some reason, if, uh, if those slip your mind, you can go to Brian dot on leadership and there's a link right there to pick up the book. It'll link you right back to Amazon and Barnes and noble. Yes. But, uh, yeah, but yeah those are the, those are the places to get it. That's great. And then you've also, uh, listen, you're just, Brian just keeps giving to you. So we've given some stories, some good stuff to wrestle with, but you're also going to give us a a downloadable resource that we want to pick up. Kind of tell us a little bit about that. Uh, What is it that we're going to, we're going to link to in the show notes here? What do we want to send people for that? Yeah. A couple of years ago, I started accumulating just great leadership quotes. Mm -hmm. And I know if you're ever a person who has to develop content, you love quotes. Yes. You know, quotes frame it, you know, quotes give you additional credibility because somebody very famous said something that supports a (laughs) point you're trying to get across. So I started accumulating quotes and twice a year, I always do. Here's the best quotes I got from the first half of the year or the Mm -hmm. second half of the year. So Mm -hmm. obviously at the time of the year that you and I are taping this, I'm in the process of gathering for the first half of 2022, but Mm -hmm. for the free downloadable resource, uh, yeah, they're just going to click the link in your show notes and we're going to provide them the best 75 great quotes from the second half of 2021. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that'll just make them laugh. It'll challenge their thinking. It'll inspire them and great resource to build into the, into the content they're creating. Love it. So good. So helpful. Like, what did I say, friends? Brian is in your corner. He wants to help you out. Uh, well, I think we're going to land this plane here. I appreciate you being here. Is there anything else you want to share with us just as we wrap up today's uh, episode? You know, Rich, the the only other thing I'd say is you're, I got introduced to your content on seminary um, 10 years ago, maybe, give or take. Right. Mm-hmm. The information that you're providing to church leaders is invaluable. And, you know, I just want to, I want to end by encouraging you. Um, I do believe with every ounce of my being that, that being a pastor is the toughest job in the world. Mm, Very true. And if for no other reason, two things, number one, you lead volunteer armies Mm -hmm. and Satan is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He's a master Mm -hmm. of deployment, but he's not everywhere. 
So there's yep. some places that you're not going to run into Satan today and you're not going to mm-hmm. run into the enemy. The mm-hmm. people you resource and the people you equip face him every day. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you fill in gaps mm-hmm. that they were not taught in seminary. Mm-hmm. That when you fill in those gaps, that that eliminates a place that the enemy can work. Mm-hmm. So, my friend, you are you are providing an invaluable resource to pastors and church leaders, particularly executive pastors. And mm-hmm. I just thank you for all you're doing. So if I can ever encourage you in any way, uh, we are all on the same team and fighting the same battle. And, and I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you, Brian. Thank you so much. I want to make sure people get to your website. We'll have links in, in our show notes, but it's Brian Dodd on leadership. That's Dodd with two Ds, uh, or I guess three Ds. Um, you know, we uh, want to make sure that you get over there. Anywhere else we want to send people online if they uh, want to track with you? You know, I'm still old school a little bit. I like Twitter. You can put links yes. in Twitter, you know, <laughs> hot links in Twitter. Uh, at yes. Brian K. Dodd on Twitter. Yes. I, I, Love I, it. I, you know, I'm still... You know, I was at Twitter when it wasn't cool and when it was, and now it's not, you know, kind of like blogging. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, no, yeah. it's true. You know, it's it's funny. I was I was talking with a friend this week about Twitter. I was like, t- Twitter has been, you know, I'm still there. I'm not as active as I once was, but I do find myself opening it up more recently, like over the last six months than I have. I'm like, there is something great about the simplicity of Twitter that is, uh, it's actually fantastic for connecting with people. So yeah. love that. Well, uh, for, Brian, I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for encouraging leaders. Thanks for what you do every day uh, to help leaders that enjoy and in your own stuff. Uh, just wish you the best as we uh, continue through. I'm looking forward to the. I'm looking forward to the book for 2022 as well. I'm sure you're gathering ideas now. I am, so I am in the process of writing it now. So <laughs> that's great. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.